it's time to share your story. Welcome to Revealing Conversations with Patron Nicole. Heart-led discussions that reveal, release, and unveil. You will leave this hour lighter, brighter, and inspired. And now, here's Patron Nicole. Good morning, everyone, and happy, happy Tuesday. Uh, it's incredible here in Lake Oswego. I was just looking out the window, and the entire lake is frozen over. And we are watching people here ice skating around and having a, a really wonderful time. Uh, we were skiing in Medford and came back, and there is no water in our cabana here today. Uh, so we had to go to the porch and collect snow and melt it down just to flush the toilet. So that was really something. <laughs> I feel like I'm camping in my own house today. So this is this is a whole lot of fun. They're expecting a little bit more ice rain, but then it's supposed to clear and get a bit warmer. And I think everybody in Portland and surrounding areas is ready for a break in the weather. We uh, missed the one-foot snow and ice uh, attack on, on Portland, but some of my friends are uh, really, from what I can see on Facebook and read on Facebook, uh, people are getting pretty tired of uh, staying indoors and not being able to get out. But uh, today uh, we are here to uh, introduce to you a very incredible lady. Her name is Pam Hale Chakcha, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly because my German uh, nationality wants to say Chakcha, but that's probably not how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Pam, <laughs> Pam uses photography as a teaching tool. She provides tools for reframing difficult situations so we can love our lives and say yes to them no matter what. We cannot change our out events, but we can use focusing, looking for the light, reframing and developing our inner imagery to transform our experience to one that benefits us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, Pamela Hale offers ancient and contemporary tools for healing, transformation, and restoring the sacred. A two-time breast cancer survivor whose life has been changed by physical challenges, Pam is a certified shamanic energy healer and interface spiritual mentor with 15 years of experience helping clients with physical, emotional, and spiritual challenges. A graduate of Stanford and Columbia Universities, Sam is a creator of the Sand Spirit Insight Cards and author of the award-winning book, Flying Lessons, How to Be the Pilot of Your Own Life. She teaches internationally, collaborates with her daughter, Laura Weaver in the Women's Retreat. So welcome, Pamela. Can I call you Pam or Pamela? What do you prefer? Oh, call me Pam, please. It's a pleasure to be with you, Petra. Thank you for being on the show today, Pam. I'm 
I don't know where you are in what part of the world, but here it's been really exciting as of late. <laughs> so. That's what I understand. I I am talking to you from Tucson, Arizona, and this is the high desert. And so, as you know, we have extremes here. And but our cold is not as cold as your cold has been. Ah. So I am just very intrigued. <laughs> I am so intrigued about photography uh, since I love, I take a lot of pictures of things. And I love looking through that lens that you so eloquently described here in this, in this introduction. And I, am, um, I agree with you, you know, looking through the lens of, li- of life and focusing on the frames or reframing things is actually something that I use in uh, when I teach meditation. So this is this is a very fascinating. Good, good. I look forward to talking about it. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> so ask away, and I'll I'll follow your lead. Okay. Well, uh, so how do you use uh, your photography as a as a teaching tool? How do you, do people enroll in your classes or how does that work exactly? Oh, well, I think it's mostly one of the tools that I present when, whenever I'm teaching. And I guess my teaching has to do about, uh, with more than that. And so um, photography is one of the tools people can use to see their lives through a different lens and see their them, their challenges and their possibilities through a different lens. So as you know, mm-hmm. if you love to take pictures, you know that um, when we frame something, you know, we're accustomed to having this tremendous peripheral vision. And, and because we, we see so much, even if we're just looking straight ahead, we, if we have normal vision, we have peripheral vision. So we're also seeing part of what is, to our left and right and above and below. And so we're used to this big visual field and we do automatic editing. You know, we, we notice what we need to notice um, or else probably all that we can see would be driving us crazy. But we aren't um, doing that in a conscious way. We're just unconsciously editing. And so when we pick up a camera, we are editing in a conscious way. We're not taking a picture of everything that is out there. We are, in fact, framing it because the way our cameras work, we see through um, a rectangular part of all that is out there. And so we're automatically framing. And so you know from taking pictures that if you move, then whatever you're framing um, looks different. And if you go closer or farther away, it looks different. And so um, if in the old days when I was teaching photography in a former life, I used to get people, um, students out on, say, a lawn and say, okay, and those were the days of film, you, you have to take a whole roll of film and you can't go more than 25 feet. And they would be groaning and saying, oh, there's nothing to take a picture of. And then they would find all kinds of things that they hadn't seen before. And, of course, all 25 of them, even if I tried to put them in the same place and had them take a picture of the same thing, 
their pictures would be different because of the way they frame them. And that's true of the mm-hmm. way we see our lives as well. Mm-hmm. That is very true. I remember when I was um, maybe 12 or 13, I took a lot of uh, drawing classes in Munich. And uh, sometimes, you know, as a 13-year-old, you would do a still life class, for example. It was really boring. But then when you change the way you look at, um, for example, a plate of uh, oranges or something, they're not just oranges. There are shadows and there are, you know, the oranges cast a shadow and there's a lot of life in that. And so capturing yes. the detail is, is really the artist's way. And we can capture the beauty of the world uh, in the artist's way, or we can just look at the whole and make ourselves crazy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I, I think what you're talking about is part, part of what I love to talk about is what the Navajos call the beauty way, the beauty path. And if we're mm-hmm. devoted to the beauty path, then um, it isn't that we deny the suffering in the world. It isn't that we deny the shadow. Um, the, the shadow and the suffering is part of our experience here on the earth plane. But um, beauty can be a tremendous source of medicine, of healing for us, of remembering that um, sometimes despite appearances, all is well. And the way we can get back to that peaceful place inside ourselves is often to look for beauty. So if you're um, discovering the beauty in an ordinary plate of fruit, which certainly does look boring, especially to a 13-year-old at first, and, and you suddenly see that the curve of the orange is beautiful, that the shadow underneath it has a shape, that the way the highlight lands on the top of the orange is beautiful and that the orange, in fact, seems to shimmer with, with life and light. Um, some, something new is discovered. Something new is remembered and awakened inside that can literally save us from despair when all around us seems to be falling apart. So true. That is that is exactly uh, what I experienced uh, painting and drawing. And um, I do a meditation that is uh, emotional energy therapy where people uh, run golden light through their body and get to find out exactly where in the body the gold doesn't flow. And where the gold doesn't flow in the body is where we hold emotion from programs that were set between the age of zero to seven. You know, things we download from our parents, uh, outer circumstances, whoever raises us. And so we get to go in there and literally see the frames. It shows, just up, it shows up exactly like a frame on a movie uh, uh, spool. You know, it's like the old movies when you roll them. It shows up just like the little frames of impressions that were given to the child when, when she or he were very young. So I love uh, that you are doing this work with photography. Now, Pam, uh, tell us a little bit, how did you discover all this? I know 
It says in your description that you are a um, cancer survivor, breast cancer survivor. And so, so what exactly happened and what led you to this work? Well, um, it's, a, of course, a longer story than just the time that I got breast cancer. But breast cancer was the pivotal event, I think, that really made me devoted to this work um, wholeheartedly. And that was in the year 2000. And um, I think what happened for me was that um, my mother and my grandmother both died of breast cancer. So there, my getting breast cancer was not a total surprise, shall we say. Um, it was something that I'd been dreading and fearing all my life. And um, when I got the diagnosis, you know, part of the reaction I had was, well, here it is. I knew it. Something in me thought this might happen. Um, And because there was um, a part of it that was connected to my lineage in some way, and at that time, you know, I didn't know whether that was genetic or, um, you know, some kind of spiritual legacy or whatever. There are a lot of ways that these things can be passed down. But I sensed very strongly that I needed to do everything I could in the allopathic world to live a longer life, and that the the medical was not all, that I needed to do more than that. And a series of serendipitous events had studied with the teacher that I became my core teacher, uh, Alberto Bioldo. And, um, and I had been one of her guinea pigs, so I had um, experienced the shamanic energy healing techniques that she used. And at the time, I had said, oh, Dee, you know, that's a little out there for me, the rattles and the feathers and all that. <laughs> it's not my path. But then getting cancer kind of changed that. And, um, and I... I I really experienced a very kind of dramatic um, experience of being called where um, I was visiting her at her house and the brochure from Four Winds Institute fell out of a book I was reading onto my lap. So it literally fell into my lap. And when I started reading the brochure, I started shaking and crying. And it was as though I was looking down at myself, observing this, going, hmm, what do we have here? What's going on? And um, so I, I um, at her urging, I called Four Winds and, um, and ended up speaking to this faculty member who was coming to Tucson, where I was living, to teach a workshop the following weekend. And she said, are you going to come? And I just said, I guess I am. <laughs> And that was the beginning. And so I signed up for a two-year school, and, um, you know, it goes on from there. I've, I've of course, studied with uh, more people than, than Alberto, but that's what, where I was certified and, and ended up going to Peru with, with him and a group and studying with shamans there. And so, um, so I've had a foot in, in both worlds since then and continued mm-hmm. to um, rely on everything that modern medicine can offer. I did have a recurrence of cancer in 2004, which was a real shock. So I, 
had had a double mastectomy. I thought I was done, and um, and so the recurrence was really hard. But um, again, I just figured there was something um, that the surgeons said they needed to go deeper and broader, and I figured I needed to go deeper and broader. So I I have done that, and I feel that um, the combination of medicine and the healing I received and the healing that I have learned and the whole um, surrender really to to my mission here <laughs> um, is why I'm still with you and plan to be for a long time. Well, that's that's incredible. So. Uh, what is the uh, school that you studied with? Is there a, a website that people uh, could uh, check it out? Or if somebody is listening right now who who uh, thinks, oh, wow, you know, I want to become a shaman or go through this shamanic <laughs> training, well, who would they contact? Would they contact yeah. you? Do you have? Well, they're welcome. Oh, they're welcome to contact me, um, but this, the name of the school is The Four Winds, and so if you just Google that, you'll find it. Alberto Violdo is the founder of that, and there are um, other teachers. Um, Sandra Ingerman is another well-known teacher that people may have seen. She's, done, she's been offering a lot of free things online, and if you look at the Shift Network and look at their collection of wonderful free offerings. I think you can probably find still one of Sandra's um, offerings and, and there are other teachers as well. Mm-hmm. And so do you, uh, are you teaching in, in uh, Arizona classes and, and workshops? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of, a lot of teaching. I'm not teaching I'm choosing not to teach shamanism. That that's not really what my teaching is about. But I I have various formats for um, for the teaching I do that includes shamanic practices and and other tools um, for healing and mm-hmm. transformation. So, for example. Um, At the end of March, my daughter, Laura Weaver, and I are giving one of our women's retreats called Lifting the Veils, um, Walking in Your True Beauty. And this is um, an invitational retreat for women. It's um, kind of, I think of it as fairly spiritually advanced work. That is, um, people who are candidates for this are people who have probably already done some therapy or work on their wounds. So that this, this retreat isn't a place to just meet the, the part of you that has perhaps been wounded, as you said, from birth to seven years old is where most of us carry some, some kind of woundedness, even if we had good parents. Um, but it isn't the place for someone to meet that or encounter that for the first time. Um, but rather, this is a place where the, we, we offer a process where within the sacred kind of red tent kind of atmosphere, the very beautiful, nurturing uh, environment in a small group, we, we look with all compassion at our life through um, the lens of looking at 
it in seven-year periods. And um, we're using the model that Alberto Violdo taught me that um, each of the energy of each of our chakras um, was developed in a seven-year period. So according to this model, that birth to seven period is when we were developing our first chakra which makes sense because that's where our sense of security and safety resides. So we look at, for instance, what was the wound in that birth to seven? What was the core wound? And then we go through a process of looking at that wound through a different lens, if you will, and framing it in terms of its being the seed of a primary power we carry. So the question mm-hmm. listeners might ask is, what was my core wound between birth and seven? For, for example, um, my biological father, um, I'm 73, so my biological father was in World War II. He was a young man in World War II, and he was a pilot, and he was shot down and killed when I was 21 months old. And my mother... was an undiagnosed bipolar woman who became alcoholic. And so she was a a beautiful woman whom I adored, but she was not there for me in a consistent way. And in fact, when I was born, she had a major breakdown and was hospitalized, and I was sent home to be raised for those first few months by my father and my grandmother's. And so my core wound is abandonment mm-hmm. for that period, that period. And so how does abandonment reframed become the seed of one of my powers? So mm-hmm. what, what that means is that I've had to work with, um, with the fact that, uh, you know, for a long time I carried stories about my abandonment. And if I, give up those old stories and reframe it that it's the seed of a power, then I think the power is to know that the divine is within me and that I am safe at all times. This is something I didn't know when I was birth to seven, and I didn't know it for many years after that. But mm-hmm. that's the kind of work that we're doing. Now that's so beautiful. that when we... When we walk in the world unveiled, it means that we have unveiled our powers, but, we, but along with them, we have respect and honor for our wounds as well because they have been the process by which we have gained and recognized and owned our powers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we wouldn't be born into the families that we're born into or the father that gets shot down on an airplane and a bipolar mother who becomes an alcoholic. We would not choose to be born within that structure if we didn't have a contract with those people. And if that wasn't that abandonment, abandonment then would be, um, you know, had a metamorphosis right behind it to make you who you are today. That's right. So uh, this is uh, not only the way we forgive those parents who, you know, we used to perceive had harmed us, you know, I mean, for years I was mad at my mother, of course, 
And, mm-hmm. um, you know, now I see those as sacrificial um, acts of love that these other souls agreed to participate in this particular drama <laughs> uh, so that we all can move forward. Mm-hmm. We can all, and my mother on her deathbed said, we are all actors in a play. Exactly. The mm-hmm. divine comedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the divine you know, I, comedy I have, indeed. I have to share a, a little uh, information, a little story with you. I finished writing my book, which took me three years, and my mother died of very strange circumstances. And I had a near-death experience when I was nine. And I carried uh, a tremendous amount of um, uh, pain around the way my mother passed away since I found her dead in the kitchen at age 16. And it was very difficult Mm. to overcome that. And the autopsy report came back that they weren't completely 100% sure how she died, even though, you know, Mm. the cause of death was that her jugular vein was cut off by falling on a chair, but nobody could figure out how she fell into the chair. But I I had to protect my father because he and my mother had a fight that night, and he... Uh, hit her, and I hid the evidence from the police because I didn't want my father, I didn't want to lose my dad and my mom in the same day. And what's so interesting, I spent my entire life, you know, trying to figure the story out of why this was such a, a why this even happened. And uh, also, you know, as a, as a young teenager, the, the guilt and the fear and the you know, all of those emotions that come up around that. And here's what the interesting thing is. And you know this uh, as a shaman and having done this work. And I've also been, you know, had the great fortune of studying with the shamans as well. And there's always this transformation going on. But I met a woman right after I um, finished my book. And she ended up staying with me for a night at one of our places. And the next morning, she gave me a reading, and she's a, she's a um, medium. So she talks to the other side all the time for mm-hmm. people. That's what she does. And she said uh-huh. to me, she basically gave me this extraordinary reading about my parents being together and how much they love each other, because they always did love each other very much. They just went through a very difficult time. And my dad tried to have an affair on my mother, and she freaked out, you know. <laughs> and so she charged him that night, and he attacked her. But nobody knew this information until I actually ended up talking to this medium who revealed to me how and exactly what happened that night that my mother died. And that she is now on the other side with my dad. You know, they are firing me on. They're all excited about my life. They're all excited about book writing and what I'm doing with my life. But they wanted to clarify to me that this was not an accident. This was not something that just randomly happened, that it was completely planned out, you know, and everybody mm. had the perfect play in it. And so, and, and so this is, it was such a relief, you know, to know that they're together, that they still love each other, 
that there is no villain in the story. On the other side, there are no villains. There, everything is about forgiveness and grace and love. And it's just wow. like while we are alive, we have all of these emotions that we hold about what we think it is, right? Yeah. So, well, Petra, I, yeah. did, I just give you so much credit because that is a very dramatic incident that, and traumatic for you, you know, at that age. It must have been really hard to make your way through that. Well, my journey was I had to learn about death and dying in this lifetime. I had to, my shamanic journey is about embracing death, you know. It's like Uh Yogananda, that that whole, the Paramahansa Yogananda story, you know. It's like you always have to be ready to die. And so Uh that's the focus of, of, and I also, both my mother's sisters both had breast cancer. So, you know, I, I, when you were talking about your breast cancer and, and expecting it, I remember being interviewed by a doctor saying, you know, you really should be checked out every year because your aunts both have breast cancer. I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to get it. I refuse. I can't think about that. That is not my consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> call this into my being I'm sorry but I'm not going to have it (laughs) so I'm I'm sorry you had to go through that deal I am so sorry you had to go through that Pam uh, well it's it's just I think it's been part of it it's interesting because this last year my daughter Laura has been through it so um as a mother, of course, this is in a way harder than going through it myself. <laughs> but she seems to be well, and she is, uh, you know, a, a brilliant and conscious and beautiful being. And so um, we're both using it as an opportunity to do healing on our lineage because we regard the cancer as more than just that particular form of disease but we look at the causal layers, the energies behind it, and see the fear that has been in our lineage, the the perfectionism that's been in our lineage, you know, other things. And so, um, you know, one of the wonderful things that I learned in my studies was that when we heal ourselves, just as when you have, you've done this healing on yourself, you heal all those who went before and those who will come after. So, um, you know, you've done a great favor, I think, to um, to your own parents and to their parents and to their grandparents and to those who will come after in in your line too. Well, and what I what I now know is that everyone that's on the other side that's already crossed over, the number one thing they all want is for us to uh, reveal the truth and come out with the truth, you know. Yes, to really yes. Release, release what's going on. And I was a, a keeper of secrets for the family for many generations, I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> so oh, uh-huh. With the Second World War, right. you know, there were people that were on both sides of the, that game that was going on and, you know, there's a reason why we're being sent into these families and we vol- volunteer to be born at, in certain places and at certain times. And so yeah. it's, um, 
fascinating journey, no doubt. So I'm speaking with uh, Pamela Hale. Uh, let's see, uh, Tracta. How do I pronounce that? Tracta? Well, you're right. It, it, you're right. It should be Tracta. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it has become, it, 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 it's become Tracta, kind of like a tractor, you know. It, it's not nearly as pretty that way, but I think. But um, that's my married name. And on my uh, cards and books and professionally, I use Pamela Hale. Um, primarily just because that's that's my work, you know. And then for the rest of my life, I've used Tracta. Ah, okay. So Pamela has a website, and it's called www.throughadifferentlens.com. So you can check it out. Uh, she has uh, written uh, books. Uh, the book is called Flying Lessons, How to Be the Pilot of your own life and teaches internationally and with her daughter, Laura Weaver. So tell us a little bit about the book, Pam, if you wouldn't mind sharing. Yes. Well, um, it, by the way, has 50 of my aerial photos in it. So, um, and, and it's full color. It's a four color book and a lovely design. So you kind of get a coffee table book for the price of a paperback. <laughs> but um, so it's really using a couple of metaphors. Um, I kind of the metaphor queen, I guess, but um, using the metaphor of flight, um, this book has seven lessons that you can use to really confront any kind of challenge that you're trying to solve, any kind of problem or challenge. And there's a whole model that's um, built around this. So the seven flying lessons, um, each one relates to one of the chakras and each one relates to a certain uh, gift or power and each one relates to a yoga pose. So it's a whole system you can use. And the way I present the material was to tell the story of me getting my private pilot's license at age 57 and how terrified I was during that whole process and how my, um, my flight instructor, who was a woman named Cleo, who's a central character in the book, she, her voice is the voice of reason and courage and determination, while my voice is the voice of the neurotic, terrified, self-doubting, one who is looking for every excuse she can find to just quit the process. So um, Cleo, did, it has a happy ending. Cleo gets me through it, and I did fly on my own until, um, until I got cancer, and then that kind of changed my priorities. And, and I, so I don't fly alone anymore, but my husband and I have a little Cessna 182, and he's been a lifelong pilot probably part of my attraction to him and um, so I I'm the co-pilot and um, and the photographer out the window so um, let's see would you like me to tell you what the what some of the lessons are so you can get an idea of that (laughs) oh I would love that I would love that okay okay so um, so 
uh, here I'll just tell you the what the lessons are in brief, and then maybe we can just talk about a couple of them. So um, know where you're going to land is lesson number one. Bring enough fuel for the journey is two. Three, and we're going up the body into the chakras. So number three, the third chakra at the solar plexus, is take the pilot's seat. Take the pilot's seat. And number four is remember why you long to fly. Number five is communicate with the controllers. And number six is broaden your scan. And number seven is give way to the winds. So this is a process that you can use for any challenge. So for those who are listening, if you think of a challenge you're facing right now, and maybe we could just talk about a couple of them. Let's talk about number one because it's the foundation for all the other ones. So think of your challenge. And lesson number one is know where you're going to land. So this doesn't really mean know where you're going, know what your destination is. Instead, it means know what you would do if everything were to fall apart. Let's say you're flying along and the engine quits. Part of flight training is that you don't just whimper as you go down silently to your death. <laughs> you figure out how you're going to get the plane on the land, on the, on the ground in one piece, no matter where you are. So there are different mm-hmm. emergency procedures you go through that you go, do over and over until they're automatic. So <clears throat> I have talked to a lot of people over the years have a phobia about flying. And when I talk to them, every one of them agrees with me that it's probably not really flight that they're afraid of. It's afraid that they're afraid that there won't be a safe landing, right? You get up in a plane and you feel turbulence and you start getting nervous because you're afraid something bad's going to happen. You're not going to land safely. So um, nobody in their right mind would go flying if they didn't think there was a good chance of getting on the ground in one piece. And so no matter what you're trying to do in your life, if you find you're procrastinating, if you're afraid, if you're depressed, if you're paralyzed, whatever, maybe it's because you don't know where you would land if it all fell apart. Mm -hmm. And so this uh, is first chakra work where the lesson becomes that um, we have to have a safe landing space inside us that no one can ever take away from you. No matter what happens in the outer world, you have a place in you where you can actually feel that all is well despite appearances, that uh, you are safe in some way Um, Maybe your body is not safe, maybe your mind is not safe, maybe your emotions are not safe, but as a spiritual being, if you believe that, this is why spirituality is so important, you know that no one can take your essence. So if you can learn to, if you can learn 
through meditation and through other spiritual practices, this is what, what spiritual practices are for. If you can learn to identify with your essence, not with your circumstances, not with your story, not with your wounds, not with what people say, not with any of those things, but with your essential being, then you are safe. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, lesson, that's lesson number one. So mm-hmm. when you face a challenge, what you can do is ask yourself, hmm, okay, do I, am I aware of my safe landing space? Am I feeling that? And if you are, then you can move on to lesson two. Mm-hmm. And and so on. So, um, so I, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm not sure how long you want to spend on this, but that's what the book is about. And so it tells. It's it's a multi-layered book where I tell the story, which hopefully is an entertaining story um, that has humor and has, um, you know, the 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 challenge of me learning to fly a plane becomes the example of things that scare us and um and the way i make my my way through that is by learning these seven lessons which i have will use for the rest of my life and so these become mm-hmm. it's not a book that just for somebody who might want to learn to fly a plane it's a book for somebody who would like seven lessons to use for their life mhm mhm well, it's so true. Um, when uh, I entered a new relationship three years ago, and I had been practicing meditation for many, many, many years. I was in India when I was 23 and uh, was initiated by a teacher from India. And one of the big things that we learned in India was uh, detachment and becoming uh-huh. desireless, Buddhist way. But in uh-huh. our Western society, it's very difficult for people uh, to understand what that's actually the difference between detachment and commitment. And so uh-huh. when someone, for example, uh, saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm detached from an outcome, I'm desireless, but I am committed to the project or to the relationship or whatever it may be, uh, you understand that, Pam. Uh, the the difference between those two things, and when we're flying, right. I, you know, I've always want, you're giving me hope here that I might still get a pilot's license because that's something I've been wanting to do. <laughs> it's so it, it's so intriguing and so exciting to me to be in the air. And like you said, it's the landing that we fear, the having the safe landing space. And yet, you know, yes. we're all growing. We all know that our only way out of this earth is via death. We have to leave. Yes. And most of yes. us are so afraid of that. And so um, I was teaching a vision board class last night, and I was talking to people about uh, letting go of the fear, you know, and, and allowing things to just be whatever they want to be and letting the wind carry you and allowing uh, what is to, uh, to embrace the vision of what we've created and then to just flow with that and yes. allow the universe so when, to assist that God or whatever yes. that we believe. Right. So l- listening to you, I, I think you're talking about what I would call uh, 
lesson number seven, which is give way to the winds. Sometimes mm-hmm. circumstances just feel too big and overpowering. So one, one uh, meaning of give way to the winds is, um, you know, I'm not going to fly today because the weather is just too rough. It's not, not smart to get out there and fly. But another meaning is what you're talking about where, okay, so I don't understand what's going on right now. I don't really know how to navigate what's going on right now. And so I surrender. I, I surrender to the divine. I give this to you. I give this to the winds. I trust the wind. I choose to trust the winds, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's really and all so, we can. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's beautiful. Well, I'm, 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 I'm very intrigued. I would like to buy your book. In fact, I have seen this book before. It has crossed my path before. And, oh, interesting. Uh, again, yeah, I'm speaking with Pam Hale Tractor. Her website is www.throughadifferentlens.com, and you can email Pam by, uh, let's see, the email is pam at throughadifferentlens.com. Pam teaches uh, tools for reframing difficult situations so that we can love our lives and say yes to them and no matter what. Uh, She's uh, here uh, doing workshops with her daughter. She's in Arizona. Now, Pam, uh, when is the next workshop that you're teaching? Do you have your schedule on your website listed or do you do a lot of work still? Um, Well, I'll tell you what my offerings are. So there is um, one of the women's retreats at the end of um, March, and if someone is interested in that, the thing to do is contact me so that we can have a, a complimentary, like, 20-minute conversation about it so that I can see and they can see if it's really a good fit for them. And then no pressure. They can just proceed accordingly. And um, then I, do, I take private clients. I work both in person and on the phone. And um, those sessions are a combination of, I'd say, spiritual life coaching, and I do energy healing, which, of course, works over the phone because energy is not bound to time and space. And um, so uh, I, there are a lot of tools that I can teach that way on the phone or with Skype or uh, Zoom or another one of those platforms. And then, um, I, you know, I offer periodically, I offer other kinds of classes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so wonderful. Uh, I am so happy you came on the show today, and it's such a pleasure to meet you. I have to oh, say. Oh, well, you too, Petra. Very special. You too. I'm, I'm really thinking about I'm thinking about coming to this retreat at the end of March. I think by the end of March, I'll be ready to get out of Oregon for a while. Oh, oh, that would be so wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, we'll we'll, we'll need to talk about that. Good. Great. And if if people want to take a look at it, the way you can look at the description is by going to my website, throughadifferentlens.com. And, um, and by the way, when you spell out, it's all spelled out. So it's T-R-T-H-R-O-U-G-H, 
a different lens, L-E-N-S, um, dot com. And when you go to the home page, you'll see the bar across the top, go to retreats, and then under retreats, you'll see um, lifting the veils retreat. And you can just go to that page and read it and follow that along as long as you want. And then that takes you to another landing page that has more details and you can decide if it sounds like it's for you. And if you, it, it is an invitational retreat. So again, the thing to do is to contact me so that we can have a talk and make sure that it's a good fit for you um, before you put a deposit down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you uh, so much for joining us, um, uh, Pam. As I'm wrapping up the show, I uh, would like to remind everybody that the uh, Seven Insights webinar will continue tonight. I'll be posting that on Facebook with the uh, Zoom code. Tonight we're going to be talking about chakras and how we can align them and what they each mean and the colors and so forth. Um, we, you can also find that information on my website at petranicole.com. That's P-E-T-R-A-N-I-C-O-L-L. And on Facebook, if you friend me and you haven't already friended me, go to Transformational Story Coach or just search for Petra Nicole. If you sign up uh, for my newsletter on the website, you get a free meditation MP3 download uh, for the emotional energy therapy uh, meditation that I would like to give to you. And again, thank you for joining me on my show. And Pamela, once again, have a fantastic day. I know I don't have to tell you to stay warm because you're in a warm climate, but for those of you in Portland, <laughs> uh, Bundle up on the couch with a hot cup of cocoa and a blanket and watch a fun movie. And I'll be seeing you next Tuesday. And thanks again. Blessings to you all. Arrivederci. Oh, thank you, Petra. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.